0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Night. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Sean. Hello. And today we are discussing chapter four of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In chapter four, the Miss Bertrams go to Balls, Fanny gets a pony, Tom comes home, Mariah gets engaged to Mr. Rushworth, and the Crawfords arrive. Can you tell I'm really excited about the last bit? I kept stopping as I was reading this because the sentences are ridiculously long. Only to modern tastes. Only to modern tastes. They
1: wouldn't pass
0: plain English. The first three paragraphs, I believe, are each a sentence long. They're not They're about five
1: lines, yes. Five to six lines. Actually, that one's eight lines, nine lines long
0: quite impressive mm. but it does give the cadence of speech which is why I think Jane Austen is so great to read out loud but a modern editor coming at this would chop it to pieces yes need more sentences
1: you've hit the nail on the head these stories were designed to be read aloud so you don't have the stop start as you get in the modern literature which quite often is meant to be read quickly
0: So we start with Tom not being missed and sadly Sir Thomas not being missed. Even Lady Bertram was soon astonished to find how very well they did even without Sir Thomas. But that's
1: because Edmund was a very good substitute for carving (laughs) (laughs) for for Sir Thomas. His primary duty is just to carve the joint at dinner. But Edmund steps up. And
0: takes his father's place. He does everything. He does all the writing to the lawyers, the whole what? They get there safely, and Sir Thomas ends up sending Tom back. And I wonder if Tom picks up those duties when he comes back, or whether they are still Edmunds. It doesn't actually say, does it? No. And I don't suspect not.
1: Because Tom is not great. Thomas is still having a good time. But well, he must be, because later on we find out he's still having a good time meeting up with his friends.
0: So Mrs Norris really loves taking the girls out to balls because it means she can party and she doesn't have to pay for it. Or the horses. Meanwhile, back at the house, Fanny is listening to
1: Lady Bertram, who was so grateful not to have to go out and hire <laughs>
0: herself out. But Fanny actually loves it, and it says... The tranquillity of such evenings and her perfect security from any sound of unkindness. Mm. Because for all Lady Bertram's fault, she's not a mean character. She's just so totally indolent. She's not like her elder sister at all. There's a security there for Fanny, who is used to being terribly uncomfortable in the evenings.
1: With Mrs Norris always pointing fault at her and being compared to her elder cousins...
0: You wanted to talk about them having no ears. No ears? No ears. Oh. Their vanity was in such good order that they seemed to be quite free from it and gave themselves no ears.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I, hit, I picked up the New Zealand missing vowel and I was thinking they had no ears. It was like, I don't remember them saying they had no ears. <laughs> oh no ears. No, as. as. No, they don't. They just are self absorbed, I think
0: is possibly a better word. And again,
1: Mrs. Norris is to blame.
0: Yes, Mrs. Norris is praising them constantly and reinforcing how good they are, which makes them believe they have no faults. She never acknowledges any fault. But then at the end of the page, literally on the same page, They had no idea of carrying their obliging manners to the sacrifice of any real pleasure. So Fanny's horse dies. And Mrs Norris says you can't buy Fanny a new horse. She can just ride her cousin's horses. But of course, when it's sunny, her cousins want to go riding. They don't give a shit about Fanny. No. And Lady Bertram, I love this line. Holding exercise to be as unnecessary for everybody as it was unpleasant to herself. I think Lady Bertram is like my new role model. She's just great. Edmund is away. He comes back and says, This is not great. Fanny must have a horse. And they all try to argue him down, and he just says, Fanny must have a horse. And then he figures out how to do it without any extra expense to his father because he has three horses two hunters and a road horse. And he decides to exchange the road horse, which, why? I'm assuming you must need two hunters if you go hunting. Yes. You can't just go with one. But to modern sensibilities who know nothing about horse riding, to me it would make more sense to keep the useful road horse. It literally says useful. That would be much more useful than two hunters. Hunting is for fun, right? The key
1: thing about a hunter is the ability to jump. You have to be able to jump fences and hedges and ditches. Where's your road horse is not going to be required to do that at the same level. But you could use your hunter.
0: On the road? On the road. Ah, but a road horse is not flexible like a hunter could be. No. Okay.
1: And it's more likely to be an older horse, potentially.
0: Because I assumed the road horse meant that that was the one that he used for travelling.
1: It would be the one he uses for travelling, but if he doesn't have the same need for it. And it depends, if he's got two hunters, he can... You know, they're not necessarily highly spirited or anything.
0: You could use one of them for travelling? Mm-hmm. Fanny is in raptures over this. And she regarded her cousin as an example of everything good and great. Her sentiments towards him were compounded of all that was respectful, grateful, confiding, and tender. There's that hero worship we keep talking about. It is hero worship. And Mrs. Norris can't have a shit about it because the horse is still technically Edward's. Yes, she wants to, Mm -hmm. but she can't. And then we get back to the niece is going to balls and Mr. Rushworth appears and Mrs. Norris basically pushes Mr. Rushworth and Mariah together. She manages to make friends with Mrs. Rushworth, Mr. Rushworth's mother, and even convinces Lady Bertram to go on a visit. I have to admire her for that. That must have taken a lot. Especially ten miles in winter. It's quite impressive. It is. Yeah. Actually her getting out of the house was quite impressive. Ah, oh, Lady Bertram. Seriously my role model. It talks about them dancing together like at the at the correct number of balls and mister Rushworth soon fancied himself in love, which kind of says he actually wasn't in love with her. And Mariah thought it was her moral obligation and her evident duty to marry Mr. Rushworth. And his estate. 12,000, yes. Yeah, it does say, after dancing with each other at the proper number of balls. So they get engaged, and they decide that it's going to be a private engagement until they get approval from Sir Thomas. (laughs) No other attempt was made at secrecy than Mrs. Norris's talking of it everywhere as a matter Not to be talked of at present. Edmund's the only one that can see any sort of issue with this, though. And he thinks, if Mr Rushworth had not 12000 a year,
1: he would be a very stupid fellow. He's only got basic common
0: sense, and not really that, as we find out a bit later. He was a heavy young man with not more than common sense. Mm. But as there was nothing disagreeable in his figure or his address... The young lady was well pleased with her conquest, so he was polite and he wasn't ugly. Doesn't matter if he has brains?
1: Oh no, it didn't really. If Sir Bertram had been there, he would have asked permission to court and Sir Thomas would have been more cautious. He wouldn't have wanted them to have rushed into it, I don't think.
0: As it is, he's overseas and can only give his approval via letter, which does come and he says, don't get married until I'm back. And he sends Tom back at this point. No, Tom Does came Tom back before back that. On? Tom came back before that. He comes back and then disappears from view. Yeah, Tom's a bit hard to keep an eye on, really, because so often you're like, it's almost in one sentence in a whole, buried in a chapter, and Tom wasn't there. Yeah, and Tom, Tom came and went. Tom is home, but possibly somewhere else at this point and the Crawfords turn up. I'm so excited. They are Mrs. Grant's siblings. They shared a mother, and their mother died about the time that Mrs. Grant got married. And the younger children, Mr. Crawford and Miss Crawford, went to live with their uncle, who was an admiral. He and his wife did not get on well, but they loved the kids. The only problem being that once the wife died, The Admiral moved his mistress into the house, and Miss Crawford went, what, and had to leave. Miss Crawford would have to leave
1: to maintain her reputation.
0: So she tried to convince her brother to live in his country house, but because he's still a child... A Lothario, yes. Mm. Too busy enjoying himself. He couldn't, but... Luckily, she had an older sister that she could go and live with. And he said, I'll, I'll take you there. And anytime you want to leave, I'll come and pick you up. They haven't seen each other in a really long time. It doesn't say how long, but I'm guessing at least 10 years, possibly 15. Mrs. Grant is 30. but she's 15 years younger than Dr. Grant, who is 45. So maybe it's been 10 years. Maybe she got married when she was 20 and it's mm-hmm. been 10 years since they saw each other. So they would have been children yes and now they're young adults they're late teens early 20s so huge changes have gone on for them and they haven't seen each other in that time but they get on really well so much so that mrs grant says you know what i've got a great plan mary you should marry tom bertram and henry you should marry julia bertram miss crawford isn't adverse to this it says matrimony was her object provided she could marry well. Mm-hmm. And this is reinforced at the end of the chapter when she actually says everybody should marry as soon as they can do it to advantage. The problem being not everybody can marry to advantage. Maybe you marry a very pretty girl and she has the looks and you have the money. Does that count as advantage? Could do. Yeah, trophy wife. Like Lady Bertram. Mm.
1: Sure, we got any other advantages out of that, (laughs) might
0: you? I think she sounds too indolent for good sex. Mary points out that Henry's not going to get married, though, that all of her friends have been dying for him and he is not interested, basically. And he makes a joke out of it. Yes. So I think that's a sign of things to come, really, isn't it? But we've quite clearly seen them outlined in just a couple of pages. I'm not sure her being married hungry really comes across later, but that marrying to advantage... Marrying
1: to advantage is quite definitely, as opposed to not marrying to disoblige one's family. She would not have approved of Mrs Price. No.
0: It sets them up really well, and they're going to come crashing into the Bertram family and cause all sorts of havoc.
1: Well, they're, they're from London, so they're used to London town, London manors, and they're exotic creatures to the country bumpkins. Because even though Mr Crawford has his estate, they've lived and basically socialised in London, like Tom. I mean, basically, he's more in London than he is at
0: home. And that is our summary of Chapter 4 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. I'm still laughing at your ears. <laughs> <laughs> we are still doing our group read through to the 22nd of September. If you'd like to join us, you can contact me on my website, FrancisDuncanWrites.com, or on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!